Why do churches and youth groups make such a big deal about small groups? That's what we're talking about today on the Ministry Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast-track the growth and health of your youth ministry. This podcast is the coach for the coachless in youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is... Kristen Lascola. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about small groups. So we're going to talk about... Why are small groups such a big deal? If you've been in youth ministry or maybe you're just getting your feet wet, you're wondering why is everyone always talking about small group, the small group model for ministry? And this is a really good time to think about launching a small group ministry if you don't already have one because summer, let's face it, we're we're on the tail end here. Mm. I know that we don't like to really talk about it, but... Well, if you're a parent, you do. I was going to say, I'm rather <laughs> excited for school to come back. They announced it? that at church, and they were saying, like, I know you guys are probably sad that summer is over, and people were like, boo. I'm like, what? It's like... School starting, yeah, man. Very exciting. The, my life begins. It's, it's the parent summer is about <laughs> to start. <laughs> so, um... And maybe just a good refresher for you, if you're already doing small groups, to just reaffirm your purpose in doing them and why they're such a pivotal part. So um, we have a saying at our church that we call them small groups or life groups. (laughs) Yeah. Why are they so small? Why are they? Well, there's a reason for that, Jeff. We'll go into that (laughs) later. But that they're the hub of our ministry. So there's a weekend teaching, there's worship, there's missions, there's events, there's all kinds of stuff, but they say small groups, life groups, whatever you want to call them are the hub of our ministry. And it's where real ministry happens. We have another saying that church happens in circles, not in rows. And I love that Mm. because it's saying like when we all sit in a row um, in chairs, or if you're old school in some pews, you know, on a weekend service, you're not necessarily doing church. You're listening to a sermon, but the heart of what the community of the body of Christ is supposed to be happens in that circle. Mm-hmm. That is a small group. That's when real life on life happens. That's when real change and vulnerability and honesty and learning happens. And we're going to talk about why that is. So maybe you have a senior pastor to convince about making small groups a church-wide thing. Maybe you're a youth pastor who needs to make an adjustment. And even if you only have a few kids, making small group ministry a part of what you do on a weekly basis. Because number one, your ministry or your church will grow. We're always looking for ways to grow our church, grow our ministry. And small groups are one of the best vehicles to do that because of this philosophy. So our senior pastor, one of our senior pastors, Larry Osborne, he wrote a book called Sticky Church. And it's like such a funny name. I'm so used to saying it, but when I say sticky team, sticky church, like people are always like, that sounds Gross. so yeah. <laughs> Why is it so sticky? Why are small groups small? Why is church so sticky? <laughs> I don't know, but they are. We're hoping they are anyways. So like the the whole philosophy behind sticky church, as put out by Larry Osborne, is you velcro people to two things. God's word 
because we're a church, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> That's the most important thing. And each other. So you're Velcroing people to two really important things. And then you create this sticky church, meaning that people stay it has staying power. And we also use the analogy. That's kind of how you close the back door. Mm -hmm. So people come in, we don't want people to leave. Right. We don't want people to just come through and listen and go straight out. We want people to stick around, to stay, to become a part of the community. Well, you can have really, really good teaching and you can be so diligent about God's word. But, and, but if people aren't Velcroed also to other believers, centered around God's word, mm -hmm. it's not sticky. It's not enough to stay. People come for relationships and they stay because of relationships. Did you know people will put up with some really, really bad teaching? I was thinking that before you said that. Friends right. at their church. They'll and they'll do it for their kids too. Oh, totally. So parents might hate a particular church, but if there's a thriving youth ministry, they'll go there mm -hmm. because if their kid is connected and their kid has friends and their kid has relationships, they'll put up with it. So that's a fight. They don't want to battle every single Sunday. Well, and it sounds bad to say, but then that kind of makes the teaching secondary because that I think we all innately know that's not really church because we can all go online and find a killer sermon. Yeah. We can study the Bible on our own. We can dabble. We can hear preachers from all over the world. Why do we go to church? For a community. Mm -hmm. Like we go to hear the word of God preached. Absolutely. But that's not the only reason we're going because if that were, we could get it anywhere. We want right. to. And that's why COVID was so hard on churches yeah. is because it's like, well, we can still read our Bibles at home, but we were there to fellowship with people. We missed our people. We missed the family of God. And so small groups is just such a great vehicle for growth and for staying power. And it's not just fellowship for fellowship's sake. You know, it's centered around God's word. And so small groups are an engine for growth and for retention. Number two, every student is known by at least one adult, hopefully two, and their peers. So when we put the small group model in place for student ministries, we kind of enforce this, you come here and you will be known, mm -hmm. not this optional want to be known, want to not be known, want to be a face in the crowd. But, you know, students I think even more so than adults are looking for a place to be known. And the cool thing is now they're known by a mentor, their leaders, and we do a two leader small group model. So they have two adults in their life plus their peers. And not only are they known like when they're there, but think about it. Someone knows when they're missing, mm -hmm. like, which is a really cool thing. I think when people go missing for an extended period of time to be able to track that and say, where have you been? You right. know, we miss you. Is everything okay? And that when you do come back, let's say after two or three weeks, oh, well, you noticed I was gone and it doesn't right. feel as like I could have been here, not be here. You well, which is a less. great plug for make sure you're taking attendance yeah. in your small group, because that gives you a really good tracker of like, wait, why, why is this person not here? And then be able to be really honest. So hopefully over time, the culture of the small groups will be, this is a place to come 
and be able to be who you really are, to be honest. And we don't do that in a big group. You don't do that in the big group setting, you know, during the main message Mm -hmm. or like, there's just not even the opportunity really, but it's just cultivate some vulnerability and honest conversation. And they always say, leaders like it big people like it small. So it's like you come and you're a part of the big group and you get all the energy from that. And you get to be a part of the big games and the message and all of that, but then come down to the heart of it. People mm-hmm. really do like it small and they want to know and be known by a relatively small group of people. And I would say each small group, I try to keep under 12 mm-hmm. Sometimes that's easier said than done (laughs) and it can like run away from us. But that's why the two leader small group model is really great because if your groups start growing and that's what they do, small groups usually grow because people will want to invite their friends because it's so great. We eventually try to split it the best we can and give one leader half, one leader the other half. And then I try to find now new leaders to come and be there co-leader partners Mm -hmm. so that if we ever have to split again, but it's two leader model is great for a lot of reasons, but splitting it. I just wanted to make a quick mention of keep your small groups actually small because small groups. Well, the first time I started my youth ministry many, many years ago, there was 11 kids. And like (laughs) now that's the size of one of our small groups, but I still did small groups, even with 11 kids, I would do small groups with eight kids, you know, like four and four or whatever. The way we divide them is by grade and gender so that people are getting to know people of their station in life. But if you're a smaller youth group and you don't have enough to split it that specifically, just start with boys and girls Mm -hmm. or boy and girl, you know, like, and they could have a one-on-one mentorship thing if you're really tiny, but you know, like find a really great way to split it so that they can have something specific just for them. I'm a big advocate of keeping, I don't like mixed gender groups until college. And even in college, they have guy girl time, right? Even in adult small groups, they do guy girl time. So Anyways, um, and then third, students will grow. So this is a whole, I guess, part of like the learning process. So we talked a little bit about how church doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. Well, that goes the same for the learning process. So this is from the Barna Group. They did some research on how people retain information after hearing a sermon Mm -hmm. on the weekend. You know, like when you ask someone like, what was (laughs) was the sermon about? The second after you get out of church. It was so good. Like I was talking to my friend tonight and she was saying one of our pastors did some guest speaking and she's like, oh, he did a really good job. But like she couldn't tell me a whole lot. I don't remember. (laughs) But I know it was good. I know I liked it. Um, So Barna did some research on that and they said, we know that within two hours after leaving a church service, the typical individual cannot recall the theme of the sermon they heard. But here's where small groups come in. If they have a discussion about the principle and its application to their life, or if they have a multi-sensory experience with those principles, they retain the information much longer and the probability that they will act on that information rises dramatically. Interesting. So it's giving them small groups, gives people so make sure you're engaging all their senses, <laughs> spray them with ax body spray, have them eating candy. <laughs> um, 
maybe you know we the girls used to do these like shoulder rub trains you know <laughs> and the small groups like everyone i don't know guys um, can just punch each other and they do and they do they do kick each other stomp but on each other they'll remember what they learned savages <laughs> savages yeah so it gives them just another way to interact with the material so they need to hear it the sermon is important. They've heard it. And then now they go into small groups and now they're interacting with it. They're talking about it. They're asking questions. They're talking about life application. And mm. this is a really good reminder to write your talk sheet um, to kind of be a catalyst for some really good conversation. Mm. Ask some really good open-ended questions. Not yes and no answers. Yes, very open-ended really deep thinking questions, take the main scripture and kind of, you know, build off of that into some other different branches of how that interacts with the rest of scripture. You know, I think we should do a whole episode on how to write a talk sheet. Let's do it. That'll be coming up. Write it down in a few weeks. Who knows? But it just really aids in that learning process of I heard it. I talked about it. I interacted with it. I discussed it. I asked my questions. And there's another opportunity to be vulnerable with doubts, question. Because some of the stuff kids, you might say from the stage, and a kid is never going to like raise their hand. Maybe we have a few of those. <laughs> raise their hand in the middle of your sermon and make it a discussion. Right. I, I mean, I've had a sprinkling of those kids. But to get really vulnerable and say, you know what? I don't really agree with that. Or why does the Bible say this? Or I have a friend struggling with this. I don't know what to say to them. Mm-hmm. And then gives them an opportunity to share prayer requests and all that kind of stuff. But it gives them retention. This is also another great spot to make a case for. I like doing the same series. I think you asked me this a few episodes ago. I like pairing the same series on Sundays that I do oh. on my midweek because I feel like it's just one more building block of getting that like sunk into their heads of like P-brains. you heard about it on Sunday. You're going to hear about it again on Tuesday. It's going to be a shorter message and it's going to be a slightly different angle facet of this diamond of a Mm -hmm. talk and then we're going to go one step further and now you're going to talk about it and you're going to read the scripture for yourself and search that ask questions pray about it discuss and so valuable to hear what other peers have to say about it Mm -hmm. you know when they hear each other start to talk about what they're learning i think that's just one step further so you don't do you don't do small groups on Sunday. You only no. do them on your midweek. Yeah, we don't have enough time. Sunday okay. service ends up being an hour and a half. Uh, some, some churches do. Some do. They I, also may not have a midweek, but. Yeah. Our fourth and fifth grade does, and our children do because they don't have a midweek. Right. But that, yeah, it just is not the model we follow. We mm-hmm. really focus on that on our midweek program. And we try to give a good 30 to 40 minute chunk for them to mm. have in small group, which weekend there's just for us, it comes down to time. Yeah. Um, and again, this goes to the idea that it's a small group. And like you were saying, hearing the other kids talk, imagine being in a group of even like, let's say a hundred kids, or even if it was like a, your youth group was like 25 or something, that would be nerve wracking to stand up in front of 20, like a giant circle, right. you know, just to talk in front of 25 or 100 kids 
But when you break that down, it's like I can talk in front of 10, mm-hmm. 12 kids. Like mm-hmm. I can do that and not feel completely embarrassed. Well, and it's the same kids every single week. Like that's yeah. the point. It's not just like, all right, you 25 go over there, you 12. It's like it's the same people. And over time, you're going to cultivate these relationships and get to know each other and hopefully build bonds, mm-hmm. you know, through some different types of conversation. So it it really shouldn't, it should be the safe place where you get to talk about whatever you need to talk right. about, you know? And then being able to dive deeper. And there's a lot of kids I feel like that might fall through the cracks if it was just like a big group. And it's like, yeah. you can't know what every kid is doing and, and where they are all the time. You know, like you're playing games and they're all over the place. You don't have a chance they, maybe yeah, to talk to everybody. Right. But yeah, when you're in a small group, it's like there every they are. kid got talked to mm-hmm. or FaceTime with a at. <laughs> FaceTime with a leader. And you know what? There's been so many breakthroughs in small groups where kids have finally shared something really yeah. tender or really hard that I know never would have happened had we just stayed in the big group and then they had to like go find the pastor after like, hi, right. can I talk to you about my eating disorder? Like there's just things that are not gonna come up until that setting is presented Mm -hmm. and so and seeing other kids speak on and stuff like that too right oh this is a safer place i can bring it up and you know to be honest i don't even take a break from small groups during summer Mm -hmm. i've tried that before and all of this good stuff we're talking about we lost too much momentum on that Mm -hmm. you know and i really would love to give my leaders a break over summer because everyone's busy but again that's the beauty of having two leaders per group it's like one of you's in hawaii fine the other (laughs) one's here i'll lead your small group whatever it takes but we can't afford to lose that much relational momentum and then everyone's just kind of walking around like strangers i've seen it it's weird (laughs) we've got to keep them going yeah just a quick story. When I was in college, I remember there was a sign outside of um, like on the dorm rooms at San Diego State. They had like these meeting rooms, study rooms or whatever you want to call them. And so, make out rooms. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for me. Uh, so they put they put the sign on the outside of the door. It was said small group. And, and San Diego State is definitely not a Christian college by any means. And a couple of people like opened the door, just looked in and were like, hey, how's it going? And they're just like, what is a small group? <laughs> and it's like outside of like Christian church word, Christianese. Like, so it was like, are a bunch of small people in here or is your group like only two people? Like it was so awkward, but entertaining. It's always stayed with me. Yeah, Welcome that was, to our imagine that. Small group. S- small group. Like inside this, oh yeah, there is a small group in there. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird term. It is. We just accept as normal. There's probably a lot of stuff that we say within the church i was telling my intern this week try not to use insider language like like our church is called north coast church i said don't call it ncc like Mm. that's something i've learned from our senior pastors you don't make it so that people on the outside are like wait what are Mm -hmm. you talking about but even some of the lingo like uh first time i ever heard the, the term testimony like i gave my testimony i didn't know that's what it was called and someone's like great testimony and I was like, what is this, like a courtroom? What are you talking about? I had never heard that. And I was like a very brand new Christian, but just certain terms that we just use. Yeah. Some people are like, I have no I know. clue I, what that means. Sometimes I try to put myself in the position of like, I'm not a Christian, I'm visiting church. And the part that makes me cringe the most is watching 
some of our hand motions for the fast songs <laughs> and I love them. I'm up there dancing like a maniac during the fast songs. I love hand motions, but I think if I were a like 13 year old and I'm like at church and I watch people, what is oh, happy day, happy day. I'd be like, okay, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> That's funny. All right. We have a question of the day and today's question is what is a product that no longer exists or is discontinued that you wish they still made? Well, I have a list of beauty products <laughs> that I have fallen in love with over my lifetime. And then you go to get them and they're gone. So I don't want to bore you with those. Rest in peace, Elizabeth Arden <laughs> sateen lipstick. So do you think you like ones that are just not as popular or wonder. do they just Maybe always I need to get with the stuff times. out? Like it could be the fact that it's like, well, they they constantly need to recycle or not recycle, reintroduce new things. I think and... yeah, all the girls know what I'm talking about. You get addicted to a, some product, it's your go-to <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're you show up at Ulta or wherever and they're like, "Oh, that's been discontinued." You're like, what am I going to do? You know, and you have to find a new thing anyways, but probably the biggest tragedy, this one's still available through some hoops. You got to jump through some hoops. It's very expensive, but she used to be able to just go to like Seven Eleven and get it. It was my favorite drink called clearly Canadian. Mm -hmm. I mean, bubbly water is a thing now, but this was like the nineties and <laughs> it was delicious fruit flavored. It was sweet not super sweet. And it was in this beautiful blue glass bottle called mm -hmm. clearly Canadian. That was peach and strawberry peach was the best. And I would go to long's drugs with my sister, like a few times a week and we <laughs> like stock them on clearly Canadian. But now you have to order it like through the company or through Amazon. It's yeah. like 40 something dollars a case. Cause it's so <laughs> rare. I just wish, I just wish I could go get my drink. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, you actually were part of this journey for me is also a beauty product. Not exactly. No, but oh, I know there was this a, a flavor of Axe body spray. Oh, it could be uh, a scent of bat of, of Axe body spray called Z Arctic. Ice. No zero below or below zero, whatever makes sense. And I loved it. And I remember the last one I had, I was getting on a plane and they were like, this is over three ounces or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had to throw it away. And I was like, I'll just get another one at the store. And it was discontinued. Boo. And for years, I would look and look and look and couldn't find it. And then finally, one year for Christmas or my birthday, you're, you had gotten it. You're like, it's back in stores. And I sprayed it. And I'm like, it was they different. changed it. I know. It's not the same. I was like, why did you even name you it the same? Changed. Mm -mm. Maybe you changed. No, it was scent burn. You know those memories that just click they when you smell it? They say scent is the strongest tie to memory. Yep. And I knew they fooled me. All right. Well, we're going to read a comment or review. Today, this comes from our podcast review. So if you guys want to leave a review on our Apple podcast, we would love it. And we might read it and share it with our community here. So this is from SDGI2. It says, great starting with episode one. Kristen really understands Kristen... <laughs> <laughs> Kristen really understands Kristen. Kristen really understands Christian ministry service. She has a ton of experience and brings it all to bear in this podcast. You'll learn how to be a better leader and how to practically take steps to improve your church's ministries. Definitely worth a listen. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. Thank Good you, advice. SDGI2. 
So yeah, we appreciate all the input you guys give us, whether on our YouTube channel or our Thank Apple you. podcast. I know some of you guys listen on Spotify and some of the other podcast players, but as far as I know, they don't allow reviews, <gasps> which is lame. Lame. So we do appreciate those of you who have left a review and we encourage you guys to do it as well. We can share it here with the community. And we thank you so much for watching and listening and, and we we'll will see you next time. time.